Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. It's been a, a busy couple of days for some NHL teams, front offices, things like that. I don't know how much we'll get into the Leafs today, but we will be talking the coaching carousel for a number of different teams. We got the whole gang, Jesse, Rudo, Megan, AJ, coming to you live on a Monday. Talking roundtable, which if you haven't read the roundtable piece, go check that out on the DNVR.com. Can we kick off with some Leafs just because I think... If you want to, yeah, go for well, it. I just, That's where our roundtable started. Yeah. Just kind of like as a... To, I mean, to zero pleasantries, dive directly in. Have you guys watched the Shanahan presser? Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, I'm so used to NHL front office people saying a lot without saying anything. Right. That dude said a lot. He said, he said everything. <laughs> he said all of it. <laughs> Do you remember uh, any presser? I, I, that's I can't think of a press conference that, to liken that to within the NHL. No, not one that I've covered. Right. The, I, what the part that blew me away is like I was not expecting him to bring up the whole talks about how like yeah you know we talked about extensions right. and all that. It's like and then you fired him. Okay, right. Like the the the, the digging into like negotiations. Yeah. Like he literally talked through. At certain points, day by day, <laughs> how the negotiations were going, what the thought process was, it was extremely eye-opening just for that whole process. And it, it was just, it was so interesting because of how many different, you know, we're doing our entire show today about coaches that have been fired, you know, front office changes that have been made. None of that. And for whatever reason, MLSE and Brendan Shanahan decided we have to get in front of this and lay all of this out black and white. I just thought it was fascinating to watch play out. I think too, it puts MLSC in a vulnerable position because especially with how this is continuing to unfold following it, we learned that MLSC had so much stake in decisions that got made and that Shanahan and yeah. MLSC together sort of curtailed potentially, presumably, things that Dubas would have wanted. And that makes then filling that position more challenging because they know they're coming into a situation where they have limited ability to do their job. And that's because of them being forthright, because of Shannon and Shanahan being so transparent in that presser that they reveal that information. And I think that's fascinating that they would do that. Well, and I don't know if this is necessarily what you're referring to, but uh, Elliot Friedman was talking uh, this morning on 32 Thoughts that part of what he believes led to this parting of ways, you can look at the press conference that Kyle Dubas had just a few days before. And I actually wrote in the round table that like 
Before that press conference, I would have renewed him. After that press conference, I'm probably with Brendan Shanahan. I probably would have gone the other way on it. But what they talked about was that another potential part of like the breakdowns in those conversations were that Kyle Dubas, the understanding right now that's being reported is that the if Kyle Dubas wanted to make a decision, make a change, trade, sign someone, he had to go to Shanahan. Shanahan had to go to the board. Then the board relayed their decision back to Shanahan. Then Shanahan took that plus his input back to Dubas. And Dubas said, I want to be able to talk to the board directly. And that that's maybe where some of the breakdowns came. And Megan, I agree with you. If that is accurate and that was how the process was playing out. One, I don't blame Dubas for wanting to go around that. And two, how difficult is that going to make? Is that process staying in place? How hard is that going to be to put someone in that new GM role saying, Hey, these are the, this is the parameters at which we work within, you know, are you comfortable with that? I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting if that is accurate to how the process was playing out and what Dubas wanted to see changed. You'd have to think that it would make it harder to get an experienced candidate mm-hmm. that doesn't suck. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, there will be somebody that'll take that job. Cause there's only so many GM jobs available a lot of yeah. in the NHL. But if you were somebody that's, in demand, like uh, think of like a uh, Sam Ventura or an Eric Tolsky type. Um, these guys that are on the on the come up in the GM circles. I don't know that that's a job that I would be wanting. I would have a lot of interest in if I knowing had to jump how limited that many. you would be exactly yeah. knowing I had to jump through that many hoops to try to do my job. I've got to get approvals from multiple. You know, it's not it's not uncommon that that GMs need approvals from. Owners or team presidents or whatever for certain things. But to make the bulk of moves, you have to go, you have to jump through that many hoops. Well, that's something that's a lot of work. Joe Sackick has specifically talked about in Colorado that that's what they, as much flack as the Cronkies get from fans, that's one of their best hands off. Yeah, that's one of their best. They they said the best things about them is that they trust us to do our job. And like, internally the abs have their own forms of checks and balances. Like I'm sure Chris McFarlane runs things by Joe Sackick, but like KSE says, Hey, if you guys think that that's what's best then we support you, once we stop supporting you, we'll step in and we'll make a change. We're paying you to make these decisions. Right. right. (laughs) In this era, I don't know of any moves that have been curtailed by ownership specifically for the abs. You mean? Yes. And I know that there have been some things on the Nuggets side that have maybe been a little iffy, I know that in uh, pre-Joe Sackick, there were ownership was a lot more uh, iffy. I don't want to say meddlesome; it's not the right word, but I guess involved. Sure. In some of hands-on, and yeah, in some of those decisions, but certainly in the last half decade, yeah, it's been all yeah, front office. The, the way you put it, Rudo, is do. good. Like at a certain point, you're paying that dude to make those yeah, decisions. Right. Yeah. Let him if, make them. If, if, you, if you're not going to let him make those decisions, then just Stop cut him me. out and have Brendan Shanahan <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. Like, right. like, why isn't he your GM? Right. Yep. Right. It, it speaks to a trust issue. And yeah. Right. Right. Yep. It's like, well, then is this the right person for the job? Obviously not, but right. And, and it, it's just, yeah, I think we'll get a lot more into Toronto throughout this week, but bringing it back to coaching changes, you have to imagine this yeah, ends in a coaching I, change, right? As of today, Sheldon Keefe is still the head coach right. there. That to me, is, I, I feel like he will be until they bring in the new GM. And then from there, I, I mean, they typically want their own guys, right? 
Well, and he had such loyalties to Dubas. I and, could see there being and some, vice versa. Yeah, exactly. So I, I could see there being some scorched earth feelings. Well, and that's the case uh, uh, allegedly a little bit with Austin Matthews now too. That he went from I'd be interested in to nah, doing a shorter yeah. shorter term deal to whoa 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 whoa. Let's let this mm -hmm. play out. And thus brings me to what I teased the three oh, of you about oh, in the meeting. God. Just hear me out for one second. <laughs> All right. We have exactly one second. I've heard enough. <laughs> Fair. I said one. <laughs> Just for grins, the Avs have one year of a lot more cap flexibility. Does that make sense at all? Everything except for the price it would take to get them. I need them. you to say it out loud. Austin Matthews to the abs for a year? <laughs> and that's our clip, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you've heard, you'll hear crazier shit this week. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I, I, I think it makes sense mechanically. I don't know that the abs would be willing to pay the price that it's going to cost. That's, that's my problem with it. Because you're talking about multiple firsts on top of probably a, at least one or two high-end prospects, if not roster, really roster players is what Toronto is going to want. But why would the Evs do that? It doesn't make a ton of sense. I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't make sense. Like I just think like that in the largest way possible solves your two C problem. <laughs> you in, in, two a highest, in the you highest end. You still have a two C. You have yeah, two one Cs. Yeah, you have two one Cs. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think that that's not something to like fully turn your nose up at with so much unknown that lies ahead for where the Leafs are going. And again, like what I, what, what brought me to even saying this on a podcast is like the Leafs are just like, they don't have, they, they something don't have much leverage. They have no leverage in the Austin Matthews situation. They are completely at his mercy and double that on July 2nd they it's him goes for he goes for nothing or they get it done if that new gm comes in and they get him in place before july 1st if there's any doubt that they can keep him do you just try to get two firsts and alex newhook and pick any prospect and i don't even know if you could run the price up that high given the spot I, that you're in. I think you'd get the price that high. And and if that it was two first and Alex Newhook, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. Quickly. Quickly. Yeah, why would Toronto do that? That's where I'm at. Because it's do you want two first and Alex Newhook or nothing? Well. That would require Colorado to be the only bidder, right? Sure. I mean, if you were just spitballing here, but if you're St. Louis, you have three first round picks this year that sure. you can offer. Sure. And then any the, number of whatever else they would want mm -hmm. that immediately becomes well, more attractive. Uh, totally. If the abs, if the abs wanted to get in that, they have to make Byram part of it. Yeah. And that's where I, it gets see, But tough. again, I just don't know if you do for one year of a pending UFA. That's why it's a bad fit. I mean, that's why we, I, well, I would not say it's a bad fit. I would yeah, say well, it's a tough they're, deal they're, to they're make. Bad, they're bad trade partners for that reason. What Toronto would need, the Avs just don't have a surplus of anymore. But Back again, when they but again, had Justin Barron and Drew so, Hellison, so the using, could, using the St. Louis example, could, how interested are they in three firsts, though? Well, they could turn those three firsts into different things. They don't have to use those picks. The problem, I think, yeah. here is 
Toronto doesn't have to trade him. I think it's very easy for Toronto to fall back and say, okay, we'll just run it back and whatever happens, happens. I agree they don't have to trade him, but I, but I think you have to feel pretty confident that he's re-signing. That is too high-profile a player to let him walk for nothing. That is too high-profile a player to let him go for nothing. And again, I'm throwing the abs out there because this is an abs pod, and I think that it could be interesting. But I, I think with them moving on from Kyle Dubas, you're, they, they well, open the door to a let, lot of shit that could let potentially Let me ask happen. you this, because clearly there's some urgency here, especially if Toronto wants yeah. to do something with this year's draft picks, if they, totally. that's what they're looking to acquire. Is there time to go get a GM for them, or is this just Shanahan's job now? Yeah, there's time to go through the process. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you have until July 1st. That's I mean, drafts June 28th or whatever, but take take a few days off that. But And then the other side of this, is Kyle Dubas in a front office come October? If he wants to be, yes. If he doesn't want to be, then no. It's entirely up to him. He will be in high demand. Pittsburgh got permission to speak to him as of last night. Uh, Now, again, we mentioned the Dubas interview or the press conference right before he was fired. And he said, I'm working in Toronto or I'm working nowhere. It'll be interesting to see if that changes now that he (laughs) was fired and he he didn't choose to terminate the deal. We'll, we'll see, you know, but like, I think, I like think, AJ said, he's going to be in very high demand. I think, I think he kind of knew. He had to know going back to Shanahan, especially changing the parameters of the contracts that they've talked. He had to have known that it was on the table, that they were not going to fly with that, that he was going to be walking and do. I could pretty easily be out of a job. Does Philadelphia wish they waited two weeks to hire a, a GM, or are they happy? No, I think, I, I mean, especially because of the way that they went. Sure. It feels very much like they they wanted a flyer. Yeah. Well, and I also do think that, like, for, for Dubas, I, I think if he's anywhere, I think it'll be Pittsburgh. But, like, again, just AJ's right. Like, this is, gonna, this is a guy that's going to be in high demand this year, next year, whenever he decides to start working. Even if he doesn't get a GM job, if he wants to go right. be a special assistant to a GM somewhere. Yep. And, and where his voice will actually be heard. Mm-hmm. He could go. He could go and join any number of front offices. Mm-hmm. Just, not, I'm not just trying to, not trying to say that every abs, that the abs are going to pick up every Leafs cast <laughs> off. But I seriously, this morning I was I was out on a went on a nice skate this morning. It was great to to get out and enjoy the smoky air a little bit. But I actually had that thought. I was that like, does not sound great. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like I actually had that thought. I was like. I wonder if he would be interested, one, in special assistant yeah. or advisor. And I was like, I also wonder if he'd have any interest in being an advisor for the apps. Like, they're a group that was interested in him before. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of, like, the think track is very similar to the way that Dubis puts things together. Yeah. Again, I'm not necessarily saying the apps, but I could totally see him ending up in a situation well, like and, that where it's like, I want to be part of making a successful team. I, I need a year off from being the face of it. But also he would get experience totally. in an organization that has been to the top of the mountain and he could see how do these guys operate? Mm-hmm. What do they do? You know, and you could also see where Colorado would be like, eh, we don't really want somebody right. coming in from the outside. Uh, abs are about like, to draft a whole lot more Sue Greyhounds if they pick yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's when they drafted turned, turned out, okay. out okay when he was healthy. Yeah. yeah. Got him, Darcy Kemper. So that's true. That's true. 
I do want to move into some coaching conversation as well, but we are brought to you by Illegal Pete's. You can go get their delicious burritos at 10 different locations here, locations here in Colorado. Uh, One just a couple blocks down from the bar, so a great place to hit up when you're on your way here, like tonight for Game 4 for the Nuggets. Uh, You can get your food there. Get here early for the Nuggets, by the way. Uh, It's going to get packed. Just just throwing it out. Like it was on the cup run last year. Yeah, exactly. Coming down. You need to plan ahead. But you know what? If you want a pregame, Illegal Pete's has you covered. They have happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. with delicious margaritas. Uh, And then, of course, all of their fresh ingredients. Beautiful queso for those burritos. So go check them out today. Get your Illegal Pete's burritos. And then, you know, maybe maybe Illegal Pete's. I don't know. Should you? I don't. I'm not an athlete. Do you eat before your game or after or both? How much before? Like, I whenever you want obviously you have to eat during the day sometime but should you go play i don't don't think you need to be an athlete to answer that question well i'll just (laughs) but i'll just eat before a game and then if i'm bloated and suck it doesn't matter well yeah i mean i wouldn't recommend like eating in the locker room while you're getting dressed but yeah i would i would think fueling up before physical exertion would be smart all right well then maybe go to your volo game after illegal pete's i think that's a great suggestion Perfect and there. then go right back after for happy they, hour. The boom, boom. Problem solved. You have a burrito and then go get Margs. <laughs> Everything works. Queso and Margs after. Yeah. Burrito bowl before. Exactly. Right. See, we're a solutions-based you know. business here, guys. That's right. I just throw ideas out and you guys schedule my life. So That's right. You can schedule your sporting events with Volo Sports. Go to volosports.com slash Denver today or use the QR code on screen. Use the DNVR10 code to get 10 bucks off. They are the biggest social sports company in the nation. Mm. They've got leagues in every single little town around the whole state, basically. I don't know. I, they might not be in Pueblo. I don't go down there. I'm sorry, Pueblo. <laughs> they might not be in Pueblo. <laughs> but ev- everything in the I-25 corridor, they're basically in. All right? Everywhere around Denver. They've got leagues all over the place. Volleyball, bowling, soccer, football, basketball, uh, tennis and pickleball. And the what's the game where you, like, smack the ball around the pole? Tetherball. Tetherball. Thank you. Uh, they got them all. Whatever sport you want to play, they're totally covered. You can get the Volo Sports Pass today for 20 bucks a month or 200 bucks for an entire year. Uh, if you want to try it out, you're not sure. It's only 10 bucks a month for the first three months with the beta pass. That's first month free with the DNVR 10 code. Just throwing it out there. You know, you can go play whatever sports you want. Unlimited drop-ins. Just show up, have a good time, and then, yeah, go party. Go get some drinks here or at Illegal Pete's or, or wherever once you're done. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. All right. Leafs aren't in this conversation, but we do have five NHL teams that currently do not have head coaches. Some of these, not too surprising. Calgary, Anaheim, I don't think anyone was shocked to see those guys go in in Sutter and Eakins. New York, Washington, Columbus, not that surprising. They were terrible this year. First of all, were there any surprises as far as as head coach firing so far for you guys? Mine was Columbus. Okay. I was surprised by it. Um, Just to move on so quickly. They had had a massive amount of injuries. And uh, Brad Larson's was a guy. Brad Larson was a guy that was like really highly thought of in the coaching ranks. And um, I thought that they actually turned to him too early. It, I, um, that he could have used another year or two as an assistant 
maybe but, even as a, uh, a head guy in the AHL first. But I, I, I thought that they got to him a little bit too early. And well, certainly looking at it through an abs lens where the abs stuck with Bednar through that terrible year. Yeah, and, well, and and they're like he had two years there. Neither one of them were very good. Obviously, they don't make the postseason. They've been bad, and they've picked high. But there were so many things that went wrong with Columbus last year that had nothing to do with Brad Larson. And yeah. I could see where I could see where Columbus management and the front office is looking at the development of young guys. You know, Kent Johnson, Cole Stillinger, especially. And saying, "Hey, we would we would really like to see maybe a little bit more here," but that one that one surprised me a little bit. Um, I just I just thought that it was a you're like that's your fall guy. Why would you so aggressively get him into that role just to get rid of him? Uh, especially yeah. because the guy that has been maybe the most attached to replace him has been Pascal Vincent, who has been a longtime AHL head coach. That's yeah. great, but. Uh, has, at least that I know of, has not been an NHL head coach. I don't think so. Um, so I'm I'm kind of curious about the decision-making. Now, you know, we'll see what the hire ends up being and how I'll, I'll feel about it then. But for right now, I'm just a little confused by the direction of Columbus. Fair point. Megan, did you have a, one specifically? I had Gerard Gallant. Okay. Um, That's who I had as well. And I, th- I think we actually all three yeah. might have say, copy that. Whatever Megan's about to say, copy-paste <laughs> for me. Yeah, <laughs> Good. And it in talking with AJ before the show, too, it's not the most complete shock, but of these changes, I think I found it shocking just because of maybe the, the suddenness of it. Like, compared from last last year into this year, there is this fall-off and this feeling of disappointment, and it, it does feel like he's shouldering some blame for they were really aggressive at the deadline. They push a lot of their chips to the middle. It, it ends in crippling devastation. So I kind of understand why they're like, we need somebody is to answer for this. And there are players that are like a Lafreniere who hasn't taken steps forwards, like in looking at a cylinder type in Columbus, I, I kind of can see that maybe they were hoping for more out of players and a coach that could bring about that. And great first year with the team. Second year, though, is met with this horrible disappointment that I think has sort of followed him in his career. He'll have an impressive first season followed by a devastation or disappointment that outweighs the success of what that first year brought about. Like I'm just thinking of Vegas specifically in that situation. Um, But I think that's why it was still surprising though that he didn't have one more year because that's sort of how his career has now tracked where he hasn't gotten that third season to see if he could write this ship or not. And that's maybe where I was curious, like, well, would this be the time for for New York to explore that? Evidently not. See, and for me, like, the only... The only thing I disagree with uh, from what you said is I don't think the season ended in like disastrous devastation. Like they lost in seven on the road. Like they were the three seed. Uh, I, like they, they lost to a team that finished. Based on what they did at the deadline, it's pretty bad. I, 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 and I'm with you. I'm with you. Like they made a lot of moves, big put, but like, I don't know. Like we were all joking about the Nuggets earlier. Like why are people surprised that the Nuggets are kicking the shit out of a seven seed? Like again, on paper, they didn't finish it. Like the, the devils went on a nice run. Like they, like I, I actually, that was part of why I was so surprised because it was like, yeah, you just, you know, the, the, the goaltending wasn't elite last year. The Rangers still like not 
based on their results in the playoffs, but like the team took a step forward this year. And like th- that team so, had no business being where they were last year. So what makes this a hard sell on them moving on from Gallant for me is you you did see some steps forward from a Kako from right. a Lafreniere. Sure, they're not the players that they hoped they were when they got drafted, but they put them next to Heedle. That whole line kind of came together and provided some steps forward for them. In the regular season, it felt like this team was moving in a decent direction. And it's just the sports team thing to do where you have a disappointing first round loss and you fire your coach, I guess. I get it. Well, and it's just it's it's hard for me and again, part of the reason why, because Megan's right, like he's got a weird track record of this at this point. Well, and and, yeah. and and the the what what's getting what's odd about it. And when you look around the league, like who are the last three Stanley Cup champions right now today? It's Colorado, it's Tampa Bay, and then yeah. I guess Washington was in there, right? St. Louis. St. Louis was bef- right. after Washington. Those two yeah. both kind of buck Same. my trend a little bit here. But I'll just say then Pittsburgh before that, and like they, they stick with coaches. Like now Mike Sullivan has been in the driver's seat since those Stanley Cup championships. John Cooper in the driver's seat through a lot of turbulent times, stuck with it. Jared Bednar, you had it's, multiple it's times. St. Louis is sticking with Craig Berube after the year it, yeah, they had. I, I guess, I guess another. So I think it, this is tough. There's a lot of talk about Gallant, about him. Often it takes about two years for the locker room to stop liking that guy. And see that, and that to me has to be something of concern. Cause like, I just don't think that you can, I, I just think like Megan said, like you don't give him a third year. I, Your team I took step forward. You, you you, yeah. Don't that guy doesn't get a third year? Like, what are we doing here? How it, how could you possibly ever give a, a group sorry time to acclimate? Is it so? Do you think it's so much about Gallant, or do you think that they already have? It's because they have a replacement in mind where they think. I think it's both. Because uh, I think I think you make a move like that. Knowing you got the guy because, lined up. Because yeah. that's a great point. They have maybe not even one guy, but they see two or three guys that are out on the market right now and they say, you know, Bruce Boudreaux is a guy that's had that's had some success. Yep. Joel Quinville's a guy that's had some success. Mike Babcock is a guy who's had some success. Chris Drury's got a good buddy who might be looking for a gig. Uh, Patrick yeah. Waugh is a guy who hasn't really had any success at the NHL is very, level. It's very recognizable. Yeah. If there's an issue with players connecting with their coach and Gallant, I could see yeah. that being a, a bit of a swing in New York specifically. <laughs> I, I, I don't know going from Gallant to Waugh. Exactly. Would be but, but, but here, here's the interesting part about Patrick Waugh, though. From those Avs teams, you could find a large swath of players that were like, I loved playing for that guy. At first. The, the same way that it goes with Gallant. Right. Right? Like. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of coaches like that in the NHL, really. I don't want to like single and, out and those two, more. but yeah. You know. and, and you give Patrick Waugh credit. Like, he's been coaching at the major junior level since then. Last night, he wins a QMJHL championship. Like, he's obviously got a way to communicate with young kids, and that's what a lot of teams are looking for now. Can you communicate with the younger generation? To your point, Rudo, like, we saw it all firsthand in Colorado. We saw it went horribly. Yeah. And, I do think a lot of that was he had too much power in Colorado. I don't know if you can have your coach being the same guy making your roster decisions. And I think they had too much success in year one where they got a false sense. They convinced themselves that they were good. Yeah. Totally. 
And I wonder, taking this back to New York, I wonder if that's if that false sense of confidence from two years ago not only led them to push a lot of chips to the middle of the deadline, but then also say we're looking at this first round exit as a devastating failure. When like when I take a step back as an objective, I don't give a shit about the Rangers. You know, like I don't have any skin in the game there. I go, I look at it and I'm like, I actually think you guys were better this year than you were the year before. It wasn't just the Igor Shosturkin show. <laughs> Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad completely disappear in the first round of the playoffs, and who knows, I mean, maybe that, that makes a difference. But they got the game three, and New York just forgot how to score, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it just moving on from Gallant just felt very hasty to me. It, it did feel a little bit hasty to me too. Now. It, I guess what? I'm just the only one who was not surprised by it. I, I see. I wasn't well, I mean, surprised he grinds, either. He grinds I, players down into dust. I, I they hear get, you. They tune him out really quickly. He just the, there's a grind there that his I, players I, just aren't about. And so, I I, I I'm curious. Uh, You're not we'll, wrong about any of this, by the we'll way. We'll probably yeah. we'll probably never know. But I am curious if it's more to do with they got through their exit interviews and the players were just like. I'm done with this dude. Like I don't like. See, well, so that's what I think happened. Or in if it's Vegas it's much as for sure, a guy like Joel Quinville is sitting on the market where they're yeah. like, yeah. I wonder this in Columbus too. If there is some unseen thing that evolved from player interviews at the end yeah. of the season that we are not aware of, because it is Columbus is a little surprising for the reasons you mentioned, and I wonder if it comes back to player feedback, yeah. similar to what I, we're suspecting in New York. I had I've always just assumed that the exit interviews played a role in Larson getting fired the, the way that he did. Well, and I mentioned in the round table, like I threw a one little sentence in for Daryl Sutter, not because I was surprised that he got fired. I was expecting that at the beginning of the year or at the, at the end of the year, excuse me, beginning of the off season. But when they moved on from Brad tree living. Yeah. And, and like publicly even, I don't know if they outright said like Daryl staying, but like there was a lot of statements that were made that like, insinuated that usually you do them both at the right, same time right not it's, wait two you know, weeks and, and, then, and so that was my thing where i was like oh, okay Monday for a reason you know right, everybody goes right. on that day it's like oh okay they're gonna let him play out one more year they're gonna give him a new gm they're truly giving him the mulligan hey we changed a lot on the roster we're gonna give you another shot at this yeah and then three weeks later to fire him i just found the yeah. timing of it like to your point if you're gonna do it why didn't you do it that same Monday. Yeah, because everybody would have understood. Right. Hey, they got rid of, they had a very disappointing year. They're moving on from the GM and the coach. The two guys, the guy who built and then the guy who yep. coached. Yeah. This very, very underachieving roster. It would have made more sense. It was a weird. Right, it, right. That was, that was why he was my answer in the round table of, <laughs> I was least surprised, but the timing of it was definitely right, like, right. Right, mean, right. Of, of all coaching candidates at the end of the season, he was the one that I was like, yeah, he's gone. But when he survived... Plus a week, plus a week. I yeah. was like, well, I guess they're just running it back. Then when they did fire him, it's like, what are you doing? I, what's, yeah, what's, I, I do want odd. to take a tiny, tiny little bit of an abs lens here. Megan, to you first. We've talked about it before. Do you think any of these teams ring up Greg Cronin? So Anaheim, he's been linked to. Okay. And for proper reasons, what's making it tough, though, is with these vacancies, there's a lot of qualified NHL assistants in the league right now that I think are going to receive looks maybe ahead of Cronin. And in the WA conversation, actually, this made me think of it, but 
Greg Cronin isn't the same coach that he once was when he was formerly an NHL assistant. He has changed a lot as a coach. Yeah. And I hope that something like Pat Rabik, if you want to call me, we could talk about it. But <laughs> he's changed as a coach. coach of the Ducks? Sorry, he's <laughs> like the uh, GM. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm saying, do, you, do you want to be the coach of the Ducks? <laughs> do I? No, I want to he's talk about... That, he's called everybody else under the sun. <laughs> no, I know. Awesome. No, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I want to talk about say. Greg Cronin. <laughs> sorry, confusing. Yeah, sorry. Um, you want to give me a call i want to speak up for greg cronin here but i, I do think there's been a lot of names in the mix linked to anaheim yeah. that gives me cause for concern but i would love for it to be cronin because i think he would be such a fit because of what he's done at the american league level and how he's changed as a coach the way that he connects with young players the young core that's in anaheim i think it would make so much sense but because of all these other names i'm not exactly sure of it but i definitely think he has deserved so this opportunity there I think was, the defensive, he, he's earned it. The, the the work that he's done with defensemen, especially, yeah, and not just young players, but veterans as well. Who have the Brad taken Hunt types, leads. Andreas Englund yeah, ex types. Exactly. That's where if I'm Anaheim, knowing the strength of my system is a whole bunch of really good young defensemen. I'm looking at a guy like Greg Cronin, and I am very interested. But we mentioned somebody in chat asked this question earlier. But uh, yeah, I was going to get to this too. Nolan mm -hmm. Pratt. Yeah. Has, has worked with and helped develop a bunch of these guys at the NHL level. The Avs have had a weird amount of success that, with with a bunch of journeyman guys that they get turn into 10 40 names out of Dan Renuff and it goes whatever. totally yeah. fine. <laughs> where you're like, it can't just... It, like, Nolan Pratt has got to be playing some kind of a role. So, so just I think those two guys from an Avs lens, Pratt and Cronin, I, if they're not on Anaheim's list... Pratt at least I, has the Columbus connections. Yeah. You could say, maybe. I think even, and like probably not ready for a head coaching job, but yeah. you talk about Ray Bennett on the other side of that too, who continues to put out a quality power play for the Avs. Yeah, I mean, I think Ray Bennett's probably I, I get settling it. into that I Bob get it's Woods not, job. Where not it's the like same he's level. Been, he's been the special teams guy for teams for 15 years. For sure, he's, but he's just, probably just who he is. more of a statement of, you look at the Avs coaching structure and it's something that other teams want to emulate. All the way through from Bednar, assistants, yeah. Cronin, even down to like Schneekloth at that, the age. That's level. always the fun. And there's there's a lot fewer of them now, but the fire Bednar people. That's just another one. Like we've talked about this trading Sam Gerard thing. It's like if the Avs fired Jared Bednar today, there would be 30 teams in his voicemail yeah. tonight. <laughs> and it's just well, so certainly funny. certainly all five of these. Right, 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 right. Uh, so this was, I think it was maybe even before game one of the first round. And it was, the I was on my way in and in the parking lot, I saw the first report that, hey, Greg Cronin's name is maybe on Anaheim's list. And I walked in and I walked up to Megan. I said, have you, have you been on Twitter today? Did you see Elliot Friedman? She goes, no, what? And I was like, you might want to sit down for this. <laughs> Cronin's on a short list for Anna. <laughs> I went through this morning process. She laid that down day. under the Zamboni. I, we had to pull her out. <laughs> like he won't she be 55 minutes away for a quote next year, but I'd be so happy for him. <laughs> be I'd be thrilled just because I would have gotten something right. <laughs> she laid down on the Zamboni just screaming, turn it on, turn it on. It was me. It was JJ bolding. We had to get her out of there. It, it was, and then Cronin walked in, yeah. got onto the Zamboni. Yeah, and did turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, we're taking Barons too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're out of here. We're, we're out of here. here. Okay, Greg. <laughs> he just really misses Hellison that much. Aww. Okay. And honestly, Megna. I don't yeah. know if these two will actually overlap or not, but I think it'd be really beautiful. 
On that note, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Wow, that'd be cool. Just send it back home. Would actually be like wholesome. (laughs) I know exactly who you are. You're cut. Yeah, yeah. Like day two of camp, he's like. (laughs) Mm-mm. Don't need to see it. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to do all of your sports gambling. Right now, you can go get a new account with the DNVR code. You bet $5 on the NHL playoffs or the NBA playoffs. You get $150 in free bets. Place the bet. Get it right. Do your thing. Get a ton of money. And then, I, I what's the best bet right now? Nuggets Nuggets win the chip is like minus 220. You kind of missed the boat on that one. Bro, we, we were actually talking about the, the Nuggets are plus money for tonight. There you go. Plus money for the sweep tonight. Go get it. We, sure. we, we all talked about it earlier. Doesn't this feel eerily similar to last year's NHL feels, Western Conference Final? very similar. Oh my gosh! These two players might take over the series. Oh no, they're just really not that good as a team. So, what's... What, Bet on overtime tonight. <laughs> Seriously, if we're following bro. The exactly. If we're following the script, bet on overtime. No LeBron kidding. bet on a big fourth quarter yeah. Nuggets comeback. The, LeBron's going to brick a dagger most of the way through the fourth quarter. Is there Thank a Pavel Francouz equivalent on the Nuggets? No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. He played well in that series, Frankie. Oh. He, he did what he needed to do. Hey, that one save on McDavid was like Aaron Gordon playing the perfect. five, kind of like Pavel playing goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's close as I can get on that one. That's just, just as close as I could get. Uh, anyway, go over to DraftKings. Go bet on the Nugs. Bet on the Avs. Bet on any other sport under the sun. Uh, when you do, use the DNVR code, and you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See the show notes down below for details, or go to DraftKings.com sportsbook today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700, and it's all void in Ohio. Once you've won a ton of money from DraftKings getting your bets in, you go get Fubo TV, or really, you should probably get Fubo TV before you bet on DraftKings, so you can actually watch the sports that you bet on. You go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR or use the QR code on screen to get it today. And when you use that DNVR link, you get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. It's super easy to use. It's just an app that you put right on your television. You click it, you turn it on, you're watching TV. Over 140 channels, including sports, movies, television, a thousand hours of DVR. So if you're not home, you can always record your shows or sports. It's, it's, I... People keep asking me, like, why isn't it cable? It is cable. It's just cable over the Internet. It's just better. Yeah. It, you, it's just like having a Comcast or something like that, except for you don't have to deal with Comcast every day. So, easy wins. Yeah. Go you, check them out. You don't have to bundle. You don't have to have a yeah, contract. You exactly. don't have to do all that shit. It's exactly. Just reasonable prices for all the same content. Crazy how that works. Yeah. Uh, and you can do it from the couch. What? What? Whoa. I don't have to plug my computer into my TV. Have a tech come yeah. out. God. FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Go get it today. Go watch whatever it is you're 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 hoping to watch. Uh, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Who? All right. All right. Let's start here. Is Joel Quinville in the NHL next year? I say no. 
I'm I'm 50-50. I think it really could go either way. I'll say yes. I think it's yes. And I it's just how things have tracked like with Chicago in the first pick. I just don't see them not granting The NHL him does not seem to care for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a there's an apathy there like all right, justice has been served, time is done. That's just the impression I get. Well, it's not just you. That that was so I think it was before you got there upstairs. We were all talking about that side of it and how it seems like there is outside of fans of the Chicago Blackhawks, it seems like there's a pretty strong consensus that like the league fumbled this one. Like yep. you didn't punish anywhere near appropriately enough. The fact that you not only didn't punish them, but they're now being rewarded with a player of Connor Bedard's caliber. Uh, like it, I really do think that like, it's not just you. I think that the vast, vast, vast majority of the hockey sphere feels like there really was no consequence for that. Yeah. And that's why I really do. And gosh, I hope I'm right. And I hope that this isn't just wildly disappointing, but I think even the NHL is taking a step back saying, we don't look so great right now with how we handled this. Given that Chicago, given that we fixed the lottery for Chicago to win. (laughs) And I think even they are clicked on enough to know we cannot green light this guy right now. This summer, we even know we can't do that. It's just a comparative analysis, right? Totally. You look at Arizona losing draft picks for working a kid out an extra day. And you have what Chicago did as an organization. And sure, the, the humans involved got punished by getting fired. But the organization just gets off scot-free. Well, I was going to say... Nobody cares about the 250k fine. Right, Yeah, the fine was made up for in-season ticket sales when Bedard was announced. And, and like, you fired fired your coach and your GM, and then you just went and hired new... You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they had to operate without a head coach or anything like that. Like, yeah, you fired two of the people that were directly involved. I don't know, man. The Jeremy Colleton era was rough. (laughs) It was kind of like not having a head coach. But, like... To me, the other thing that I go back to is when all of this was unfolding and Wirtz in that press conference freaks out on, was it um, Wyshynski that he yelled at? I forget who it was. Yeah, yeah I forget. Some prominent, you know, national writer. But like Frida was like, we've handled all that. That's done. It's in the past. We're not talking about it anymore. It's like. What? <laughs> you just spent eight years not talking about it. What do you mean we're not talking about it anymore? It's pretty on brand. And and so, like, I, I really do. We've talked in years past about teams need quiet seasons. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that maybe has flown a little under the radar this year for Vegas. Even with all the injuries, like, they've just kind of showed up and played. And there hasn't been all the extra which player are they trading for? Who are they undercutting? Who are they trading without telling him? Like they've just kind of had a quiet season and they're up to nothing in the Western conference finals. Like the NHL after everything that happened with the, the Bedard pick, how that's been publicly received. Like I said, outside of Chicago zip codes, I think they're even stepping back and saying, not right now. Next year, I would put heavy money that Joel Quinville is back in the NHL. But I think and you hope that even they have the awareness to say, we can't do this right now. We can't do this and throw him back into a market like the Rangers, where that's all the conversation will be for the first four days of training camp. 
Uh, I think because it'll be for the first four days of training camp, that's why he's in the league. Because they'll they'll get through their little PR bump. And then and, it'll wash away. And then they will go on a playoff run, and they will probably be pretty competitive because he's a pretty good coach. Can you imagine being the head of whatever PR team hires that guy? Just like, this is the worst day of my life. <sighs> especially with a guy like Larry Brooks on your beat. <laughs> He's just like right. a flamethrower of a journalist. Right. No, can right. you see, you see what he with posted? the coyotes? Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, so you hate Kale McCarr. You think he's a criminal. And now yeah. this. I yeah. mean, it's a tough look when you're taking L's from the deputy commissioner of the NHL. So, right. yeah, right. your report is false. Right. Yeah, I mean, Dan Boyle was like one of like the most well-respected, all-time nice guys. And if you go and look at Dan Boyle's YouTube, yeah, like one of the first thing that pops up is him being like, get him out of here. Yep. So, great rep. Mm, not not great. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just anyway, I but, I think they take the PR hit and they move on, and they think that they're gonna win a Stanley Cup with him. The shittiest thing about all of it is the dude's a great coach. Yeah, the, the hockey side of it, right? He's excellent at what I he think, does. I think the shittiest part about it was probably well, the well, cover but, up. But, 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 but you, you know what? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. I got you. What were you gonna say, Megan? Oh, I was gonna say in looking at teams like Calgary and New York the decisions sort of prompt some question like did they have someone in mind already like is Sutter because they learned a candidate emerged that they'd be really interested in because of someone like Quinville they have a, an inside track was there a tip off that exactly he can come back yeah that he would be an option that's on the table and that was what they were waiting on or did Calgary just watched the Wranglers kick the shit out of everybody. <laughs> no, they're like, we're taking Mitch Love. Yeah, Mitch Love is it. <laughs> I would, Sorry. Honestly, if I can't get the Cronin thing to happen, I'd be happy with Mitch Love. <laughs> can, can we just get him out of the West? <laughs> yeah, God, like, Can please. we break up this Wrangler Look, dynasty? you gotta get Dustin Wolf out of there. Yeah. You gotta get Mitch Love out of there, God, please. Please. <laughs> uh, other See, options. I like that we're, we, we're focused on how to get the Eagles better. <laughs> Other options out there. We already mentioned Bruce Boudreau. Is there anyone you guys think will have a job next year in the NHL that currently doesn't? I said Travis Green. My okay. my guy is Jeff Halpern. Um, he is so Detroit hired Derek Lalonde last year. Yeah, who was the other Tampa Bay assistant <laughs> next to John Cooper? <laughs> Jeff Halpern. Even when Jeff Halpern was a player, it was obvious he was going to be a coach someday. Uh, now he's been in that Tampa Bay ecosystem for several years. He's got the deep ties to the Capitals. I'm kind of just shooting my shot with this one <laughs> um, because I could understand where the Caps were like, we're a veteran team. We want to go with a, with a more experienced coach that's going to walk in and know what know what's up right away and not a first time like Halpern. But I think with the, the, the ties to Tampa Bay, the ties to Washington, Jeff Halpern as the Caps guy, it, it feels like such a classic hockey move. Everybody knows everybody. He's got championship experience. He checks all the boxes. Like, he's very, very smart, and he's going to be a head coach at the NHL someday. Why not just go ahead and get him while he's available? I really thought Halpern was a good take because this is where I think Greg Cronin has a mountain to climb. There are NHL assistants in proximity to success to pick from first that I think are going to get priority. And so, to bounce off of Halpern, I picked Andrew Burnett because of it. Andrew Andrew Burnett in Calgary yeah. would make a lot with of Jonathan sense. Uberdo, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much the, sense. Yeah, the proximity of success that, that yeah. Florida season. And well, and then what he did in New Jersey. Recently in New Jersey, New Jersey yeah. I mean, one of their best record regular seasons. So, I mean, and it's like how much, you know, does he play a part in that? But it is. It's yeah, a sure. trail of success that follows. I know there were some personal life issues there too. So mm -hmm. it's a just a kind of a. No, throwing I think it a makes, dart. I think it makes a ton of sense. 
don't drink in golf cart. I know. I felt bad. She was like, that. Sick golf cart. That was dumb. Yeah, it was sick. I saw the video. Big enough to ride on the road. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. Yeah. Not a very persuasive guy, eh? No. I coach for the Florida Panthers. It's like, bro, this is not the place to use that. It's <laughs> not the place to use that. I think just generally, you're probably not going to win a lot <laughs> when you when you try to pull that. Card. Who? Yeah. Patrick Wall. Anybody? I personally no. I, I think he takes. I I think he gets a few interviews, whichever interviews he wants. We ever uh, are we ever going to see him actually get a, a job? I think so. He's stiffed around here and there, but... I, I mean, I, I just think, one, he's far enough removed from the debacle with the abs. He now has had success at the major junior level. And he's, he's, Pat, like, he's Patrick Waugh. The end of the day, he's Patrick Waugh. He is Patrick Waugh, but here's the thing. I do think he will get another opportunity. Yeah, I do too. If that goes poorly, he's, he's done. He's done, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's a hard sell for third Especially chances. depending on how it goes. Like, if it's another flame out the way that it was yeah. with Colorado, then he's done coaching. But I, I just, I think he gets one more kick at it. I know there's been a few reports that have tied his name to Columbus. I don't know. Again, like, we were talking a lot about the Rangers. Like, him and Chris Drury go way back. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He I, and Joe Sackick went way back too. Until they didn't right. he which torch is, that relationship. Which is why he, he got the job. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to burn the bridge in the end, yeah. but I, I think that could at least be a, you know, keep him on the radar. I just think that his prestige is too much yeah. to keep him from getting another job, but I'm with you. How long can he keep it? And yeah. what happens after that second gig? I'm not putting any money on that, but I think he'll get a, he'll have some conversations this summer. I'm not willing to bet that he's back yet, but I think between this offseason and next offseason, we will see Patrick Waugh back in the NHL. So, Megan, as the architect of our roundtable this week, your last question was lasting impact. And I kept it pretty in, open ended. In the West. Because, you know, the Bedard part is. That mm -hmm. is lasting impact to a yeah. T, but then there's also immediate impact. And that mm -hmm. is something like what is to become of the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I put this as my answer, but I hope there is no impact here. Yeah. I think the best solution for everyone in the Central would be Arizona to stay, and there's some stability. Well, and it's nice knowing that there will be in Arizona for a year. So that's right. there's why some I, time. That's why I kind of avoided it as my answer of. Until we really have a better idea, because it's not—it's not like this is the first time. It's not even the second time Arizona's been in this well, situation. It's like the tenth time. Yeah, and, and that's why—that's why I'm kind of like this one feels a bit more. I, uh, so here's doomsday clock is closer to midnight than I, it ever was at any of those. The other one points. thing about the clock and Arizona fans, cover your ears. I want you to keep your team. Yeah, me too. If they don't, if they move. Based on the cities out there, it feels like there's a pretty good chance that it would be a city that would keep them in the central. The Of the cities that I've heard, there's only one that I think would maybe take them out. And then there's also the always impending Quebec City. It's always sitting there. Which, yeah. And that was why I put what happens. It's not with, happening. I, I, I agree. But that's why I put like what happens with the Coyotes does have the biggest impact. Because you could, if it's Sacramento. Yeah. That's probably a realignment. They you go to the Pacific. Vegas in the and you Central, probably get and Vegas into the Central. Yeah. And then on the, I agree with you, on the 1% chance it is a city on the Eastern side, 
fuck, I don't know. Maybe you're talking about moving Chicago to the east. or, or, or yeah, It'd be Columbus you know coming west, probably. Right, right, right. Like, be Detroit having to come back. Yeah. You, you could see some realignment here and it. you know stuff like that. So I don't know. It could have big impacts. I'm with you. I hope it has none. I hope they stay in Arizona. They get a new arena deal and everything works out great. And Austin Matthews can sign there in a year. <laughs> Who cares what happens with him After this year? After he's done with the Avs. Right, yeah. <laughs> After he gets a cup with the Avs, he can just sign with the Yotes and become king of Arizona. <laughs> Do states have kings? Is they will a- now. <laughs> Do coyotes packs have a king coyote? Is that a thing? King I don't coyote. Know. Uh, according to Caesar Milan, they have pack leaders. Oh, God. <laughs> what a show, eh? <laughs> he was the expert. He was... I do think, though, lasting impact, I mean, obviously Bedard and Chicago, like next year, Chicago's not a playoff team, probably. I agree. I think if they wanted to, they could spend the next two years trading that gigantic cache of picks for guys to help them. Put together a competitive roster. Yeah, and they can also obviously continue to draft and develop and do their thing. But uh, I, I don't think that it's going to be an immediate west changing like i think i think we talked about it with jay last week yep their goal should be to push for the postseason by the end of bedard's elc yeah immediate impact of bedard i don't think will be that much i know i'm probably going to take him in the first round of my fantasy draft (laughs) but uh but it is funny though i don't i don't think that it's immediate uh, but it could have the biggest long term a lot of scouts impact. and stuff that either i talked to or just saw you know just people draft talent evaluators everyone was like this kid has the potential to come in and have a huge rookie season unless he goes to chicago chicago is <laughs> the one team where he might really struggle out of the gates because there's nothing around him <laughs> yet <laughs> yet and that is the other thing that to your point like because it's easy to draw the comparison to mcdavid and like they made the playoffs early in his career, but then missed for several years. And they had Drysidle and a guy like Nurse and Nugent Hopkins. Like they had a lot of young talent around McDavid. Chicago, I mean, like when I talked to Jay right at the like right as the season ended, he was like, because I, I asked him like, are they on the upswing? Like have they hit bottom and are now they coming back up? He goes. If they get Bedard, you can maybe say that they're going to come back up. But he was essentially saying, like, Jesse, they're still in the stripping down phase of this rebuild. <laughs> and that's where Bedard changes that yeah. because he accelerates but, it a but, lot. But, but the point is that, like, they were that, right in the middle of getting right. rid of everybody. Is, the there cupboards are, still are some guys, well, you know, the cupboards the, are actually okay. But the, 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 the Connor Murphy's of the world right. are still signed there, but and they will let those contracts play out or they will move them at the end of them. But with Bedard, you don't waste time. Uh, a little bit of a sidetrack here, but I did want to touch on A Wolf's comment here about Quebec. And certainly under and Gary Bettman as, as commissioner, Bettman has always been about getting into new markets and growing the game in those ways. When you take a team to Quebec City, one, you're not creating a single new hockey fan. All of those people already watch hockey. Two, it's a small market that's French speaking, so it's going to be really hard to gain external fans for a team like that. And look, I think there's probably is a case for them having a team. They would sell out every game. I'm sure it'd be a lot like Winnipeg is uh, when yeah, they until wait till wait wait yeah, now, dude. Until they're bad. Winnipeg's a owner later, spent the right. last half of the season threatening its fan base to like move. Yeah. 
They literally sent out a video. You guys should have. I can't believe it wasn't bigger news in the NHL <laughs> uh, because they just openly threatened their fan base to be like, y'all best buy season tickets or else you know what happens. And well, but like that is the as, it's as the messy truth, as that though. is, that is the issue why, that markets it's that size. Why have. when they went back to Winnipeg, it was like they'll be fine for a decade. Right. But once once they have a downturn yep. and it's extended and the goodwill of they brought the team back is gone, you're gonna have a problem. You've got to figure out what to do in that in a market of that size because it's it's more than just surviving, like when Colorado had a downturn or when Anaheim has the downturn that it's going through right now, you know. Those are markets that you're like, look, they will eventually bounce They're back big when enough, they get yeah. good yeah. again. With Winnipeg, you know, it's the same thing with Quebec City because it's just not a very big populace. And you have all the also added uh, complication of more American players are choosing to play for American teams than ever, especially post-pandemic, where they had bad experiences. And the Canadian dollar is just weak enough, consistently weak enough yep. that... It is. It, it just does not make a lot of viable financial sense from a business standpoint. And you are cannibalizing the French-Canadian market, which is essentially, you know, uh, uh, it's owned by Montreal at this point. Now, I know that there are a lot of people from Quebec City who'd be like, I'll, I'd never root for the Canadians or whatever, but... Uh, is it they, enough to they, make an entirely new it, NHL it, market? And that's, yeah. to Rudo's point earlier... That's why they're they're looking at, you know, you're going to look at a Kansas City or you're going to look at a gigantic metro area like Houston. Yep. Where you're like, that is that it's like the fourth biggest city in the United States. Like you can understand why they would love to try and fit a team in Houston before Quebec City. Well, and, because and you can't sit here and continue to make look at the final four teams this year. You can't mm -hmm. sit here and say hockey doesn't work in the South anymore. Right. You just can't. Right. They tried it. It worked. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> Tampa Bay is a year removed from back-to-back -back cups. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and even Colorado has three Stanley Cups since 95. Right. Well, and, and then just because you mentioned, like, if, if they took a team back to Quebec, yeah, it would probably sell out. But like you said, it's probably a given for the yeah, first handful you, of you years. three years. Of but, but, like, I think there is this, five to seven. Sure, this thought process of, like, Oh, you put a team in somewhere in Canada and every game will sell out. The Ottawa Senators are living proof that that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. and there are problems there, but it goes to show you that the end-all be-all of a hockey team in a big in a bigger Canadian city is not just going to be an automatic draw. There right. are other things that are at play. Right, so they when you are, put that in a small Imagine that Canadians are susceptible to the other things that other human beings are as well. Right. You know, you have you have market, you have location of the uh, of the arena. How good are they? Like all these different things play roles in all of this, and it's it's why they've consistently just been like, look, Quebec City is a no go for us, mm -hmm. at least right now. And that and that sucks. Like if they get to forty teams, then I can understand it. I can understand where it's like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Even like thirty six, you start. Yeah. See, see I, but, I actually, I think it would have. I, I, I think, think they have enough be, cities lined up that you're talking forty. Yeah, for because real. I think, I think you're going to get into a Houston. You're going to get into a Milwaukee. You're going to get into a Salt Portland. Lake. You're going to get into a Salt Lake. You're going to get into a Kansas City. That's five cities yeah, that I just named. So you're at thirty seven. Yeah, with those five. You know, and Sacramento, go back to, which is on this if, yeah, what list. If, okay, so you yeah, get into a Sacramento. You can go if, back to if, Hartford. What if, they like, got, what if they got wild and they decided to go on the other side yeah. of Tennessee and they get involved in Memphis, where the NBA mm -hmm. is popular? 
Like you, you could start having these conversations and it's why it's like, I just don't think go, in our lifetime it's happening. Well, I just you could, don't, you I don't go think try Atlanta. Go back again. to Atlanta. <laughs> Orlando. Yeah. Atlanta. I don't know I that you can fit a third Florida team. List, Cause I think that's It'd be tough. It'd be tough. Atlanta feels like they're trying. To. They want to, it seems like. Yeah. But, but again, the point being, we just listed a lot of cities that are like, yeah, even if you don't feel great about that, those are all prospective cities before you even get to Quebec. Well, and Atlanta and Houston have huge metro areas. Yeah. And you could, the biggest thing about Atlanta is like it's failed twice. Yeah. Right. So right, you're right. like, okay, let's maybe, but a city like Houston's got to be sitting there and you're like, this is a gold mine. There's a jajillion people there. Hockey has a very successful history there. They had, they've never had attendance issues. They had a giant dispute with their owner. Yep. Uh, and and the rent that he was charging them, they were already the highest rent paying team well, and, in the and, AHL when and they folded. All of this, a lot of this does moved. kind of tie back into the Coyotes, and we're talking about market size. Like Phoenix is a massive market. There's in the a US. reason that Gary Bettman is right. hanging on for dear right. life. And, and that was that like, was just a point that I wanted to make. Get an arena that isn't an hour huge, outside dude. of town. <laughs> it's huge. There's a massive amount of potential there, but with one, three other major pro sports need, teams, you need you need stability. In the organization. Yep. You need to pay your bills. You need to do all the things that pro organizations actually do. Uh, and then you need at some point, you need to be successful. You need to compete. Yeah. Obviously, it's easier to compete if you have a place to play. And a king. And a king. Yeah, and, a king. and a king. <laughs> king Coyote. I, but look, if Arizona made even like was a wild card and lost in the first round next year. Don't think that will happen. But if they did, wouldn't that not go like super long way to getting them sorted out and set up in Arizona properly? Well, and you look at you look at the fact that Logan Cooley said the vote impacted his decision to, go to back. not join because that impacts their ability to make the postseason. Right, right, it right. all ties together where you're like they are in this death spiral that never seems to end. They need they they need to have and again, this is where you hope they have the time, but like they need to have sustained success. They've had just way too many what you described. Yeah. They yeah. get to the playoffs and then they burn out. They get there and they burn out. Run to the Western Conference final and then you don't hear from them again. They need to make the playoffs three years in a row. Yeah. And that, I think, would go a massive way for what yeah. you're talking about. The it problem would, is they don't really have help, three man. years to sort out. Their and that's, and that's what I'm saying. You well, hope they have enough time to do this. This is also where that organization needs, they need to help themselves. Yeah. Because when you talk about the campaigning and how they, how they did with the Tempe vote, they started out way yeah. ahead and they got shelled. Yeah. And then you're like, well, why? And then you look at, Hey, the, the, the against guys spent, spent millions million dollars. of dollars and you spent 250 K. Yeah. Yeah. If it was that important to you, right. why are you not pouring money into this? Yeah. How is it that you did such a poor job supporting your own effort here? <laughs> you need to help yourself. It the the comedy of errors that is the existence of that franchise, it has to get out of its own way if in order for it to be successful and there are there are obviously complications there. But it will never ever be any good ever if they don't help themselves at some point. That's where the NHL needs Ryan Reynolds. Put Ryan Reynolds in, <laughs> in his in a group in charge of the Coyotes and That'd be so fun. Like, that's what they need. Can we put 
Deadpool in charge of the Coyotes specifically? Don't rule anything out. At this point, <laughs> at this point, don't rule that out. <laughs> Put Ryan Reynolds and Snoop Dogg in the same order. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, that's honestly what I'm what I'm hoping ends up happening with the Senators is Snoop's group wins the bid and then they bring on Ryan Reynolds. If Snoop, I mean, if just, Snoop groups wins the bid, they're going to Sacramento. Just don't be Eugene Melnick all over again. Just be a good it's really easy group. to not be that. Just don't be a terrible owner. Uh, we do got to wrap this up, so let's get some final thoughts if anyone wants to touch on anything or we can get out of here. No, no, no. All right. We're out of here for today. Back tomorrow. Be sure to tune in live five days a week here. Subscribe to the DNVR YouTube channel. Like the video if you enjoy it. Also available as a podcast on all your usual networks, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review if you love us. Uh, We appreciate you, and we'll see you in the next one.